0: Villa's Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. Joyfully growing in Jesus, as revealed in the book of. Philippians, because it's exactly what we should be doing as believers. We should be growing in Christ, but not just growing, we should be joyfully growing. We should be enjoying the growth that we experience as believers because of who Jesus is. And I love what Mike said this morning. It's awesome to be able to honor those who have protected our freedoms as Americans here on Memorial Day weekend, but even more importantly, To bring honor and glory to the one who has protected our souls for all of eternity. And that is none other than Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful again to be here this morning. To experience worship by singing songs about who you are, what you have done, and what you will do for us in the future. My prayer as we turn to your word that we allow your truth to convict us, not to depress us and hold us down, Lord, but to encourage us in the hope of our future with Jesus. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. Would you look at those cheeks? You know he's cute, right? In fact, I think my father would probably back me up on this when he said, That's about the age I was when I stopped being enjoyable to be around. (laughs) For some reason, he said I started speaking, and that's when it was all downhill from there. I still don't know what he's talking about. There's a study out of Harvard. It's by Amir Lahave. And it looked at the post-womb development of premature babies. In the study, premature babies were exposed to recordings of their mother's voice and heartbeat. Because we all know that babies are very dependent, very reliant upon their mothers for everything. If a baby is hungry, a mother is in tune with their child and can feed the baby to provide what the baby needs in that moment. But see, this study put recordings of mothers' voices and mothers' heartbeats on their premature babies. The functioning of their auditory cortex, it's the part of the brain that helps us hear, was noted as being significantly improved when they heard their mother's heartbeat and their mother's voice. See, the recordings lead these babies to developing larger audio, audio cortices. This actually leads to better hearing and language skills in later development. Therefore, I believe it's safe for us to say that babies are pretty reliant on their mothers now, aren't they? Not just to get their basic needs that a baby needs because a baby can't take care of itself, but also on a larger scale to develop better hearing skills, to develop better language skills. not only in this early stage of their development, but it continues on and on into the latter stages. And like babies to mothers, we too are reliant, aren't we? We're reliant on the Lord. See, we're reliant on His heart. We're reliant on hearing His voice. Now, don't get it twisted. Let's face it, if we're all honest with ourselves this morning, we're pretty good at being reliant on ourselves, aren't we? If you had to take an honest self-evaluation of yourself right now, if you said that you're not reliant on yourself at all, chances are you're probably fooling yourself. We're pretty good at relying on ourselves. And especially when it comes to being Content. See, a baby is looking to find contentment so the mother provides what the baby needs so the baby can therefore become content. We need to be content as well. It's just that sometimes we look to ourselves first. This is when we should rely the most on the Lord, though, is when we're seeking contentment. And this brings us to the title of our sermon this morning. The title for today's sermon is this, True Contentment. True Contentment. And as most of you know, we go through books of the Bible. We go verse by verse. We don't leave any stone unturned. There are things in the Bible that is not always pleasant to hear, but we want to cover every part of God's Word. And that brings us to Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. Last week, Pastor Jared taught us about how our sin can lead to disputes among each other. However, we were encouraged that knowing that through Jesus we can pray for peaceful resolution. To those in which we are actually quarreling with, quarrels will come up, but it's the Lord who we seek To settle these disputes. Today we're going to be encouraged by the Apostle Paul once again and we're going to be encouraged to seek the source of true contentment. Church, today we're going to recognize that you yourself is not that source. You are not the source of true contentment. So let's see that truth here in these verses. Chapter 4, Philippians, verses 10 through 13, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at length you have received your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Amen. When we look at these verses this morning, we want to put them into one simple sentence that defines everything that we see here in the text, and that one sentence is this. Love and concern is encouragement. But relying upon the Lord is contentment. Love and concern for somebody else is encouragement. You can encourage somebody by loving on them, by being concerned for them, but you can only find contentment when you rely upon the Lord. See, Contentment is to appreciate spam as much as Christmas ham. Those of you that are laughing have actually tried spam, haven't you? You know better. After all, let's face it, both won't leave you hungry. What's the point of Christmas ham? Satisfy your hunger. What's the point of eating spam? Satisfy your hunger. Would you just look at that spam burger? Getting hungry. You're getting hungry now. Eddie Eddie's getting hungry. Eddie Eddie just took the mask down. He's ready to go. See, contentment is to appreciate driving a luxury car as much as a Yugo. After all, they both get you from point A to point B. You guys remember Yugos, right? Do you know why they were called Yugos? It was because they were manufactured in the country of Yugoslavia, but that's precisely what you got, and you didn't get much else. You go. That's it. (laughs) Contentment is to appreciate owning a house on the Gulf of Mexico just as much as if you did in the middle of nowhere that maybe isn't as nice as the house on the Gulf of Mexico. Maybe it's a small, single-room trailer out in the middle of nowhere, but you appreciate the both the same. After all, let's face it, whether you're on the Gulf or you're in the middle of nowhere, both provide shelter. Contentment is to appreciate designer clothes as much as you would an off-brand. After all, thank goodness for some of us here, they both cover our naked bodies. Actually, let's face it, all of us wasn't until sin entered God's creation that we actually cared about being naked. Church, you should get my point by now. Contentment is a choice. It's a choice made by you and supported and sustained by God. And we see precisely that in our first two verses this morning. So take a look right here at verse 10. Verse 10 tells us as much, where it reveals Paul's entire attitude on being content. So how does he begin verse 10? He says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly. See, he's not rejoicing because he received something from the church in Philippi. No, that's not why Paul is rejoicing. Now, let's face it, he has received gifts from this church previously. However, this time in which he's writing, he has not received a thing. Church, the source of his contentment is not in receiving material goods. See, the source of his contentment is in what? What do we see? It's in their concern for him. How do we understand this to be true? How do we know that that's true? See right there in the middle of verse 10? Look where it says, You have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me. So how do we know that Paul received absolutely nothing? then? How can we verify that statement? The very end of verse 10 where he says, But you had no opportunity. It's like saying... Well, it's the thought that counts. Because the thought supersedes the action. Because the thought of loving on somebody is what initiates the actual ability to love on somebody. Because the thought of being concerned for somebody is what initiates the action of fulfilling their needs. Paul may have been left empty-handed, but his heart was left rejoicing. All because what it says right here, their concern for him had been revived. Their concern for him was taken up again. That's what that means. Their concern for him was renewed. See, this revived concern encouraged Paul in Christ. Their being concerned for Paul made Paul want to look to the Lord. So the question for us is, who are we reviving our concern for? Have you renewed your concern for anybody in your life? Do you know anybody that you're reviving concern for? Who are you looking to encourage in Jesus? By continually loving on them through being concerned. After all, doesn't a mother revive her love and concern for her infant daily? Isn't a baby dependent upon her renewed love and concern? Church, Paul is not dependent on material needs. He's dependent on the love and concern that encourages him in Jesus. Which is why verse 11 further supports his attitude on contentment. Take a look at verse 11. He says, I have learned in whatever situation. I am to be content. No, that's not a typo. He said, whatever situation. So, how can we, too, adopt this Christ-like attitude? Because when I look at that first glance, I will be honest with myself and say, I don't want to do it. I really don't want to find contentment in whatever situation. I like to find contentment in particular situations that make me feel good. How can we... Begin to adopt this Christ-like attitude. See, for, for me, if I'm honest, I would say it would be by not focusing on materialism. It would start by me trying to find my joy in Jesus. And I get it, that sounds good. But how do we actually do it? How do we actually do this? See, contentment isn't achieved by accepting lesser goods. It isn't just because you go out and accept a lesser good that now you're going to find contentment. No, see, it's achieved by seeking the greater good of the good news. Just take a look at all those yard sale. We called it a garage sale, but all those yard sale items that we had in the back up until yesterday that because of the coronavirus sat in here for like six weeks or eight weeks or something crazy... Take a look at all those items. It was a compilation of things we personally no longer find useful in our daily lives, wasn't it? Church, earthly material goods are not eternally useful. We know this is true because rust never sleeps. The temptation of materialism is real to all of us. Our Western culture is a constant temptation. Advertisements tell us that happiness is more. We're coaxed into thinking that if you have this, then life becomes a better experience. We're persuaded into thinking that if we just apply a little more effort, we'll catch up with the American dream. However, the American dream is just that. It is a dream, and it is not reality. Do you know what is a reality? When you think about it, what's truly a reality? A true reality is Christmas ham and spam. Spam is a reality. It's not a joke in a can. It's got some meat in there. Do you know what else is a reality? They both won't leave you hungry. So are you materialistic or are you gospel-centric? Are you seeking more to find contentment? Or are you seeking to learn more about the good news staying in the center for all that life throws at you? After all, sometimes it's Christmas ham, other times it's spam, but we should always rejoice in Jesus even with empty hands. And that brings us to our first point this morning. And that point is this. The good news of Jesus, not material goods, leads to contentment. The good news of Jesus, not material goods, leads to contentment. And our main idea again this morning, love and concern is encouragement, but relying upon the Lord is contentment. When I was a much younger lad, I had the privilege and opportunity to go on a trip I'll never forget. My best friend at the time invited me on a family vacation to Canada. We proceeded to visit the Canadian side of Niagara Falls. And when you see the Niagara Falls in person, it's amazing. You'll never forget that. For anyone who has been, you know how impressive it is. But there's a Scottish preacher named George Jeffrey who once told of his visit to Niagara Falls. I just want to read a little bit of his account to you because his perspective is truly, truly amazing. Listen to this. He said this. He said, it was reported that even more impressive by Pastor Jeffrey that the great flow of Niagara's mighty waters was the small power station he inspected at the edge of the falls. See, that's what he found to be the most impressive. The falls itself was impressive, but, but he had this opportunity to check out the small power station at the foot of the falls, and he found this to be amazing. He said that it was quiet and that you could only hear a faint hum of the dynamos. He said no more than a trickle of Niagara's water had been harnessed to make this happen, and yet this station supplied electricity for miles. Just a small trickle of Niagara created power, created electricity for miles. Church, this is similar to us as Christ followers. We're all conductors of God's power, especially as we minister to each other's needs. Amazingly, this power can never be exhausted. How is this so? It can never be exhausted because its foundation is not found in our good intentions. Its foundation is not in our resourcefulness. Its foundation is in Jesus Christ. We're conductors of this power fueled by our continued faithfulness. Let's take a look at verses 12 and 13. Do you remember in verse 11 when Paul said, whatever situation, in whatever situation he will find contentment, Verse 12 is an example of said situations in his life. See, it's a window into his experiences. Do you know what we should find amazing? The part where he says this, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Whether he has nothing or whether he has everything, his contentment was not found in earthly resources. Again, how could this be? He's both had plenty and had absolutely nothing. What we are really observing is Paul's ability to be the conqueror and not be conquered by his circumstances. Who better than someone like the Apostle Paul? Who had been through both surplus and poverty. Take a look at the middle of verse verse 12. Look where Paul writes, I have learned the secret. Do you know what Paul's secret formula was? The secret sauce? It was easy. The secret is rely on Jesus. Just like dynamos need the power of Niagara to produce electricity for miles, he knew he needed the power of Jesus. Church, Whether we have a surplus, and let's face it, some of us here have a surplus. Or whether we are in poverty, let's face it, some of us here are pretty close. We need the power of Jesus too. Think about that. Allow that to sink in. Now, allow me to say this about verse 12 and 13. Because verses 12 and 13 are two peas in a pod. Verse 13 is misused by those who don't acknowledge verse 12. If you neglect verse 12, you will misuse verse 13. In fact, verse 13 is probably one of the most misused verses in all the Bible. What does verse 13 say? I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. See, too many use this verse, but forget that they're actually just a conductor. They forget they're a conductor of God's power. Like the dynamos are a conductor of Niagara's power. The dynamos are nothing without Niagara. Church, we are nothing without Jesus. As Mike comes up, this verse is telling us much, much more than what we actually think. See, not only do we need strength in the power of Christ, we are seemingly weak with nothing, but we also need the strength and power of Jesus, especially when we are seemingly strong with abundance. See, it's easy to think, you know, I'm weak and I have little, I need Jesus, but you need to think again because sometimes when you think you're strong and you have that surplus or you have that abundance, you may just need Jesus more or just as much we need Jesus for any and everything that life throws at us. You could hit the lotto for a gazillion Mexican pesos. Okay, maybe we'll really need you. No, know, I'm joking. Is that even considered hitting the lotto? You get my point. It could be a gazillion American dollars. You may just need Jesus more. You're broke and you filed for bankruptcy. Guess what? You need Jesus. Jesus Christ provides our provision. Unfortunately, we mistakenly think we supply our own. Church, no matter what Christ has willed you to do, no matter what He has willed you to do. Don't forget that He has also willed the power for you to do it. Do you know what all this is telling me? When I think about having power and strength and abundance and I think about potentially being weak and poor with nothing to everything in between, you know what this is telling me? It's difficult to follow Jesus. It's difficult to follow Jesus because I'm always going to be wanting to rely on myself because of my sinfulness. But I need to learn to trust that He has provided, no matter what, all the resources to stay in pursuit of Him because that's really what it's all about. He has provided all all the necessary resources for us to stay in pursuit of Him. So, the question for all of us, but I want to ask you, are you trusting that He is doing, that He has done, that He will continue to do the same for you? And this question brings us to our second and final point this morning. And that question or that statement coming off of the question is this. The strength and power of Christ is sufficient in any circumstance. The strength and the power of Christ is sufficient in any circumstance. Again, our first point this morning was this. The good news of Jesus, not material goods, leads to contentment. And our main sentence our main idea for these four verses this morning love and concern is encouragement but relying upon the lord is contentment let's pray heavenly father thank you for the encouragement that we can bring to each other in you here at villa's grace i want to pray for us as a body of believers of this local church, I I pray that we can continue to encourage one another to share you with those who do not know you. Provide the opportunities, prepare the hearts and open the doors for us to do exactly that. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, Look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.